0: This is the West Concord Sermon Podcast. Thank you for joining us and we hope you receive a blessing from today's message. And y'all may be seated, but I want the kids to come up. All the kids to come up. Gather around. All right. Come on and gather around, guys. Y'all know what day it is, right? If you missed it, something's wrong, right? It's Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, but when I was your age, I I got all excited about Christmas Eve. I loved it. All the fun that went along with it. But I really liked, you know, when the presents would come. And when I was little, one of the things I liked, I liked superheroes. How many of y'all like superheroes? Superheroes are cool, okay? I like superheroes. And so whenever Christmas came around, the presents I wanted to get, I wanted them to be superhero presents. And I tell you, I I had a favorite superhero, and I still do in in, in superheroes. This is my favorite superhero. Who is this? Superman. Superman. Now, he was my favorite because he was the most powerful. You know, he could run faster than a speeding bullet and a a speeding locomotive. He could fly and, and all kinds of things. He was powerful. And he was my favorite. And when I was little, I loved to to get Superman toys, and I loved to play superheroes with my friends. The only problem was I always had to be Aquaman because Aquaman had blonde hair. Now, Aquaman's pretty tough and cool looking today, but when I was a kid, Aquaman was just a regular guy with blonde hair who swam. You know, that was no fun. I wanted to be Superman, and I would ask my mother to let me dye my hair black. How cool would that have been? But the reason why I love Superman is because he was so powerful and so amazing. And when I was your age, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be like Superman. I wanted to have power. I wanted to be strong. I wanted bullets to bounce off of me, and I wanted to save people. So when I was little, I wanted to be Superman. And it was just a just a cool thing, and I always had Superman stuff, as you see, I still do. But you know, as I grew up and started to learn things, and when I became a Christian, around Christmas time, I found out something very cool. You see, when I wanted to be like Superman, I wanted to be like Superman. Why? He, he was powerful. He was amazing. He was one of the most powerful beings. Now he's make-believe, but he was powerful. But I wanted to be like him. I would picture myself flying. I would picture myself saving people, lifting up cars and bursting through walls. I wanted to be like superman but the biggest problem not only the blonde hair but i was a child i was a kid i was a kid i couldn't be like superman because i was a kid but you know what's amazing about christmas there's another grand and marvelous hero and this grand and marvelous hero is not make-believe he's real and whereas superman and other superheroes can do amazing things this hero he's real and he can do anything as a matter of fact he's the most powerful being in the entire universe and we all know who i'm talking about now don't we jesus jesus is god who came and took on flesh in a body yet he is powerful he is god he made everything but you know what's the most amazing this time of the year about jesus that makes me think about when i was a little boy Back when I wanted to be the amazing hero, Superman, but couldn't because I was a boy, I was a child. Most amazing thing about Christmas is this great and magnificent real superhero. Superman's make-believe, but Jesus is real. This great and amazing superhero, you know what he did? This is what always fascinates me. He became like me. He became like me. He became like you. Jesus didn't fly from heaven with a cape. Okay, that would be silly. He didn't fly on the scene with an army of different angels and soldiers with him. He wasn't wearing armor and all of that stuff. He came as a child. I spent my whole childhood wanting to be like him, be, be heroic and powerful and save people. And the most amazing thing is the true hero, the true Savior, became like me and like you that shows you how much god loves you he didn't come with flash he didn't come with 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 a cape and with with all this stuff he came as a child and so while you and i can never be like superman the real heaven's hero became like you and me and when he came he was born just a little baby helpless and he, he cried, he got hungry. As he grew up, you know what? Sometimes he would skin his knee. If it was hot outside, he'd get hot. If it was cold at night, he would get cold. And I bet there were some people when he was growing up that made fun of him too. When it was mealtime, he would be hungry. And it was nighttime, he would be sleepy. And he had to depend on his his mother Mary and his father Joseph. Just like you and I depend upon our families to take care of us when we're little. And so this Christmas when you're enjoying all your gifts, this Christmas when you're having fun with your family, and maybe there's a hero that you've always looked up to and you say, I wish I could be him, I wish I could be her. Just remember the wonder of the fact that the greatest hero of all, God took on flesh, put on a body, and he was born as a child and became like you. So you know what that makes me want to do? I want to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. And so as you celebrate Christmas, remember the ultimate wonderful hero who became like you so that one day you can live and enjoy his power in heaven forever. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. I hope you all enjoy that time of family, friends, and the gifts and the toys and all that stuff. But I hope you'll always remember that God became like you so you can live with him forever. Let's pray, okay? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all the fun that we have this time of the year. Thank you for the delicious food, the fun games and the parties the pretty clothes and the flashing lights and we thank you for the presents that come and father we thank you lord for the things that we can dream about and hope for lord when i was a little boy i wanted to be like superman i wanted to be powerful and save people but father i was just a little boy but father the greatest hero who is ultimately powerful and has saved the world, came. And he came to be like me so that he might save me. And these children gathered before me. So, Father, as we think of Christmas, help us to think about that today and tonight. Help us to enjoy the holiday and all the fun, remembering that, God, you became like us so that one day we can live with you. Bless these dear, sweet kids and their families. And we'll thank you. And all of God's children said, amen. All right, guys, we'll see you. Thank you. All right. Let me set my little friend on the front row here. It is Christmas Eve. How cool is that today? We made it to another one. And I know you're making plans. And you're going to be cooking all afternoon. Maybe you've already started. When I was a little kid, we waited till Christmas Eve to put our tree up. We didn't put our Christmas tree up till Christmas Eve, and we'd get the tree and we'd put it up a real tree. We'd put the real tree up, we would decorate it, get all excited about it, put on all the big, ugly lights, big, bright color, ugly lights. Some of them have water in there that blooped up, it was kind of cool. My mom had the most awful bird decorations in the world. Those are the colorful, ugliest things you'd ever seen. But that was Christmas. And then, y'all, we don't do this today, but I think we're missing something. But when I was little, we used to take tinsel. Remember that? Do they still sell that? I don't know. And we would we would stand around the tree and toss it at the tree. And my big sister would always holler at me because I'd toss handfuls. Because that's the way you do it. And those were great, those times, and I still love Christmas. And I still enjoy a beautiful Christmas tree. I enjoy all the presents. I enjoy all the trappings and trimmings. But you know, as you get online, and most of us are, you're on Facebook, Instagram, whatever thing, there's always going to be somebody that says, well, Christmas is a pagan holiday. You shouldn't worship this Christmas thing. It's a pagan holiday. The the tree is an idol. And all of these things, and it makes you feel a little bit guilty about it. Maybe you've read these posts, these things, and said, Oh, should I be really celebrating Christmas? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning by all means, have a fit and celebrate it big time. Because it's not a pagan holiday, it's a day that we reflect and remember the entrance of Almighty God to human history. Now, we don't remember the day Jesus was born. We don't know the actual day that Jesus was born. Most likely, he was not born on December 25th, but that's all right. That's not a problem. Ask any of those who are born at the end of February on leap year, okay? They don't get too excited about the date of their birth anyway. And we're not celebrating just the birthday of a man. We're celebrating the birth of salvation into the world. But yes, you're going to have the naysayers. Yes, you're going to have the party poopers. Yes, the Grinches are going to be out and about today. And so when you get on Facebook or Instagram, you ignore it. As a matter of fact, this isn't anything new. As a matter of fact, when the church began to commemorate and celebrate the birth of the Savior, and there are many different reasons why December 25th was chosen. We're not going to get into those this morning. But when they began to commemorate the birth of Christ and to celebrate the birth of Christ, they were under a lot of attack as well. As a matter of fact, back in the 3rd and 4th century, a man by the name of John the Golden Mouth, isn't that a great name? He was called the Golden Mouth because he was an amazing preacher of the gospel. And he celebrated Christmas, and the church began to celebrate Christmas widely. But there were people just like today, you can't do that, it's pagan, okay? And John decided to write something down. His actual name was John Chrysostom, but Chrysostom meant golden mouth. He lived in the 3rd and 4th century, and he said this about celebrating Christmas even then. He said, come then, let us observe the feast. Christ Mass, Christmas literally means in Latin the feast of Christ. He said, Come let us observe the feast. Truly wondrous is the whole chronicle of the Nativity. It's an amazing story. He says, For this day the ancient slavery is ended. Slavery to the law, to the elements of the world. We talked about that last week in Galatians. He said, the devil is confounded, the demons take to flight. The power of death is broken. Paradise is unlocked. The curse is taken away. Sin is removed from us. Error is driven out. Truth has been brought back. The speech of kindness is diffused and spreads on every side. A heavenly way of life has been implanted on the earth. Angels communicate with men without fear. And men now hold speech with angels. That is the excitement of the Christmas story. That is the excitement of the celebration. We're not just celebrating a day somebody was born. We're celebrating literally the breaking of history by God. And just like I explained to the children, God coming in flesh, being like us. Take your Bibles and quickly join me in Luke chapter 2. You know where I'm at, Luke chapter 2. Because I want to talk to you this morning about how to get the most out of Christmas. And you're not going to find this on Martha Stewart's webpage. And you're not going to turn on the DIY network and get it, okay? And I'm not saying that we should not enjoy the trimmings and trappings of Christmas. I think we ought to, and big time. If you have one Christmas tree in your house, listen, next year put two, okay? Have a time, have a fit. Because it's an event, it's a thing worth celebrating. In Luke chapter 2, the shepherds were in the field. You know the story. This is why we pretty much are confident that December 25th was not the day necessarily. Because there'd be winter time and shepherds don't have their sheep in the fields in the winter time necessarily. Partly because it's cold and secondly they grow their winter crops and they don't want the sheep to eat them. All right? So whenever it was, we come to the field and the shepherds are out there. And they did. They lived out in the field with their sheep, primarily to protect their sheep. And you know the story. All of a sudden, just a typical night. It's dark outside. It's—it's it's, They're sleeping. They're trying to get sleep. They hear, oh, in the background. I did that for free. All of a sudden, literally heaven burst open. And the Bible says there was a great chorus of angels and a great light. It was just something that even Steven Spielberg couldn't imitate. In other words, I believe as I read that story, I believe that God literally split open heaven so humans can get a glimpse. And the angels came down and dwelt there and sat among the shepherds and stood among the shepherds and shouted and sang proclaiming the birth of the Messiah, the birth of the Messiah that Israel had waited 2,000 years for. And not just Israel, but all the world, all the way back in Genesis, when God told Adam and Eve after they'd broken themselves in sin and shame, when the serpent had beguiled them and they had fallen, God said, listen, listen, One day the seed of the woman, the virgin, will have a child. Women don't carry the seed, the men do. The seed of the woman, this Messiah, would come. And yes, the serpent will bruise his heel, but the seed of the woman will, will bruise his head, destroy him. Humanity, ever since that embryonic moment, have been waiting for this seed, this Savior, this Messiah. And finally he comes. And it's amazing, and they're singing, and they're shouting. We're going to pick it up in verse 15 with the shepherds. Because I want to show you this morning, as we look at this, a few ways to get the most out of Christmas. Four ways to pull the most treasure out of the celebration. And it it goes beyond all the physical fun. And yes, it will require a little time and a little effort on your behalf and on mine. But notice as we pick it up in verse 15, it says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. They had their event. You know, today and tomorrow, we're going to have our event. Some of you have Christmas on Christmas Eve. That's great. That's cool. Some of you will be celebrating, unwrapping, and eating tonight. Some of us will be doing that tomorrow morning. Some people, because of physical problems, travel problems, they have it, maybe they've already had it or will have it a little bit later. My class is having our Christmas party a week after Christmas. How cool is that? Doesn't matter. We're celebrating Christ. And so the event happens, man, all that happens. Then in verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, what in the world? No, they really didn't say that. They said, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass Which the Lord has made known to us. I love how the Bible, how God has worded things. Because it sounds like afterwards they all stood around and said, uh, hey Herman, let's go, you know, did you, how about that? Let's go to Bethlehem. Don't you think they were just going nuts? They were just, what was that? They were just looking, what, let's go see. They said he's born in Bethlehem. They told us he's going to be here. Let's go see it. And one of the first things they did is they went after the Savior. They wanted to see him more clearly. They wanted to see him personally. And so the first thing that we can do to get the most out of Christmas is we need to pursue the truth of Christmas. You know, we just let Christmas happen to us sometimes. Now, we'll pursue other things. We'll go out and buy that perfect gift. We'll spend hours in Hobby Lobby. You know Hobby Lobby is Latin for Hades, okay? Look it up if you don't believe me. All right. And we'll go pursue that perfect decoration. We'll go to the grocery store. I was at Publix yesterday. There were three carts left. Everybody was going nuts. Lady had to go to the mall, near the mall, Comfort Mills Mall, and pick something up. We sat in traffic like a day and a half. Everybody's out getting something, pursuing the gift, pursuing the decoration, pursuing the food. And again, that's OK. But are we putting that energy, like the, like the shepherds, to go see what this is all about? We need to go see what this is all about. And that's what they did. They pursued the truth of Christmas. Because like I said, on Facebook, Instagram, you're going to hear all kinds of junk. You're going to see all kinds of foolishness. You and I need to go pursue the truth of Christmas. Jesus. Jesus is that embodied truth. God has given us the truth in his scriptures pertaining to Christmas uh, all the way back to Genesis 3.15. Then through Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah 9.6, where we heard from this morning. Then you go to Luke chapters 1 and 2, Matthew chapters 1 and 2, Galatians chapter 4. Over and over and over throughout the entire scripture, we see the truth of of Christmas. And we need to pursue that. We need to chase that, especially we who know Christ the Savior, we who who are, are believers. If you want to get the most out of Christmas, the richness out of Christmas pursue the truth. And don't stop just on December 25th, keep pursuing. But the shepherds, they said, man, we got to go see this thing. They just didn't say, cool, the Savior's here. Hand me that uh, staff and let's go get that sheep over. No, no. They left the sheep there, by the way, too. Now, that was their livelihood. They left these sheep unprotected and ran, they didn't take them with them. They ran to Bethlehem to see what in the world was up. Sometimes we have to drop it all to pursue the truth. And if we pursue the truth of Christmas, we get the most out of Christmas. Also, as we continue on, notice as we read. So they went to Bethlehem, verse 16, and they came with haste. Man, they they, they busted a move. They got there. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Basically a feeding trough in the back of this. You know, in, uh, in the New Testament, we often think of a, a wooden stable. This was not probably what it was. Houses were made with a sitting room, an eating room and sleeping room and a storage room. And oftentimes they would keep animals in that part of the house. And so probably they were in that area and they went back to that area. And the babe was lying in a feeding trough. No, no toys are us or babies are us bassinet. mm It says in verse 17, Now when they had seen him, they took out their iPhones or or galaxies and snapped a few shots and then uh, went off and put them on Facebook. No, look what it says. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So not only did they pursue the truth, But they also began to proclaim the tidings of Christmas. They didn't keep it to themselves. Now, we go out and buy presents for people we love, people we know. Maybe you buy a present for somebody at work that you don't know very well, or or somebody at school that you share a, a desk with. Well, these shepherds, as soon as they heard, they ran. And when they ran, they found. They found the Messiah, the promised Savior. And the very first thing they did was go out and tell anybody who would listen. Tell anybody who would listen. When I was a little boy, I remember getting up early. We would get up, my, I would get up every hour on the hour. My dad would go back and sleep, okay? Till finally at six o'clock, my dad had enough and let us go out and unwrap our presents. And we'd tear through them at all, all this stuff, all the hard work of my mother buying and wrapping these presents, we'd tear through it in 20 minutes. And the first thing me and my brother would do was run down the street to our buddies Neil and Johnny. Neil was my age, Johnny was his, hija- and we'd carry all of our stuff that we got, and we'd show them our stuff, and they'd show us their stuff, and we had a great time. Listen, we need to do the same thing with Christmas, because the ultimate gift that we receive is Jesus. And we need to run out. Now, I'm not saying literally, or maybe you can, but where where have you gone to tell others about the reason for the season? We like to say that, but do we really proclaim the truth of it? As a matter of fact, the reason for the season technically is not necessarily just Jesus. The reason for the season goes all the way back to Genesis 3, where he said, he will bruise your heel, but you will crush his head. The reason for the season is because we were sinners, lost, and in need of a Savior. That's the reason for the season. And you and I, like the wise men, if we've really encountered the risen Savior, if we've really encountered Jesus, do we go and run and tell those who will listen? Because there are people celebrating Christmas even as we speak who don't know why. Isn't that something? They just do it. When I was growing up, by the way, I didn't become a Christian until I was 15. I didn't know why. It was just about Santa Claus and toys and food. But now I understand why those things are there. And I want to tell people the reason for the season is Jesus, his death on the cross for our sin, his burial and resurrection. So we need to pursue the truth of Christmas. We need to proclaim the tidings of Christmas, just like those shepherds did. As we read on, picking it up in verse 18, excuse me, verse 19, All the excitement, all the thrill, all the yammering and talking, the angels appearing, the shepherds gathering. Can you imagine, those of you who've had children, imagine if uh, dirty, strange shepherds came to your hospital room. A bunch of them. You ever smelled a sheep? Sheep stink. It's not ironic that God calls us sheep, but anyway, that's another sermon. Can you imagine after you had your child, all of a sudden, 15 or 20 dirty, grimy, strange guys came in all bearded and robed? You'd probably think about that a little bit. Not only that, but Mary and Joseph had been through a horrendous ordeal. Mary, who was just a young teenager, all of a sudden becoming pregnant before she was married to Joseph, that caused problems and issues and gossip. Not only that, but when she was, as the Bible says, great with child, they had to leave Nazareth and travel by, by donkey to, to, to Bethlehem. as an arduous thing, especially if you're expecting. And then having to not find a comfortable place, they had to go have a child where the animals are kept and lay their baby in a hog trough or a feeding trough. Not a hog trough, they were Jewish, but a feeding trough. It had been through a lot. Now all these dirty, stinky sheep guys come in. And Mary, notice what it says in verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The word kept there carries the idea of somebody receiving a treasure. The Greek word there speaks of something that somebody treasures and holds closely. And Mary was just reflective and pondered these things. And that's another thing, a third way of getting the most out of Christmas is pondering the treasure of Christmas. I mean, let's face it, we all sometimes get disappointed at Christmas time. The, 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 the ham is burnt, the, the turkey doesn't come out if you have that. Maybe you have possum and it just doesn't taste right, I don't know. But you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, you threw all those hints out and you still didn't get it, or that person you bought the gift for, when you said, how'd you like it? They said, oh, it was real nice. <laughs> the Christmas party, nobody talked to you or talked too much to you. Christmas just wasn't what you expected it to be. We've already spent several weeks talking about expectations. But maybe we should step away at times and ponder the real treasure of Christmas. The wonder of God taking on flesh, leaving the splendors of heaven and coming to earth for you and me. In your bulletin, there's a story of Dwight Eisenhower, former president, five-star general, commander of all allied forces in Europe during World War II. In June 1944, they were preparing to launch the invasion of Europe to defeat Hitler One of the greatest human army moves in all history. And he was the one who was going to give the call. And during that time, his father, he got word, passed away. And he loved his father, and he wanted so badly to go home and be with his father, but he couldn't because he was the commander of all the armies of the West. They were getting ready to launch the greatest invasion in history and he could not leave because his life was constant busy, busy decisions. But he wrote in his memoirs that afterwards he gave that decision, he told them to go and and launched launched, uh, the whole Normandy invasion. He went back to his office, told all of his aides and staff to go away and leave him alone for a few minutes, just for a half an hour. And he took that time and he pondered his father. And he grieved for his father. He had to take time to do that. That's what you and I need to do at this holiday Christmas season. Yes, it's busy. Yes, it's hectic. Yes, it's nuts. And you've got so much going on. But maybe, maybe you and I as believers need to stop, go out on the porch, get in our study, go out in our room, go out in the car. Take your Bible and take as much time or as little time. You just take some time and ponder, like Mary did. What is all of this about? Get our perspective, get our head together. Ponder the treasure that we've been given. Yes, it's busy. But we need to take time to ponder. We need to pursue the truth of Christmas. We need to proclaim the tidings of Christmas. Ponder the treasures of Christmas. And then finally, this is where the party comes in. We need to praise the triumph of Christmas. Notice what it says in verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They had a Christmas party. They came back after they'd seen the Savior, after they'd heard the angels, after they'd, after they'd gone out and told people. Then they came back and they had a party. And at the center of that party was the truth of Christmas, the triumph of Christmas. Our Messiah has come. There's hope, there's light. Death will be defeated. Christmas is about triumph, and they celebrated that. And that's what you and I are doing now. Hopefully you'll go home today, maybe tomorrow, and celebrate Christ. Celebrate Him. Because here's the thing. When you pursue the truth of God and you find it, you can't keep it to yourself. You have to go out and proclaim it. If you really found it, it's such good news that you can't keep it to yourself. And amidst all the business, sometimes you have to stop and be refreshed and reflect and ponder upon that treasure. And then you can celebrate. That's why I love church on Sunday morning. I love the music our musicians do. It's upbeat, it's celebratory. Sing and shout and have a great time as we worship. That's how we get the most out of Christmas this morning. So as we get ready to depart, On behalf of my family, Susan, Liddy, Andy, and myself, on behalf of our church staff, Aaron and his family, Mike and his family, Deborah and her family, our deacons and Sunday school teachers, I would like to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. Let's stand and have a word of prayer together. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had to worship, to celebrate. Father, I pray in Jesus' name we would leave this place and never stop pursuing the truths of christmas i pray father that we would chase down the realities and the and the meanings and that father we would then take that truth and that wonder and go out and tell other people so they can share with that joy i pray that you give us time to sit and reflect and think and then father as we celebrate may you get all the glory father as we sing now may you be praised and blessed And we ask this in Christ's name. Continuing to stand as we have more music. For additional sermon resources and to find out who we are, visit us online at westconcordchurch.com. Thanks for listening.